0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. The story of the Arlington Carmelite nuns out of Texas and their battle with Bishop Olson has taken a turn for the worse. It's never a good thing when accusations of schism and threats of excommunication are hurled in disputes within the mystical body of Christ, but we have arrived at just such that place, unfortunately. Today I'm going to give you as best I can both sides of the story. I touched on this briefly in my live stream this past weekend, but today I'm going to give you the statements from the nuns themselves, as well as the statement from Bishop Olson in full. I want now to address an objection some will have to this story, though. Some will automatically reject anything the nuns have to say on this, citing St. Teresa of Avila, who allegedly told the faithful to cling to even wicked bishops. Her statement on that is, frankly, contradicted by other doctors of the church, who provide a range of advice, including recommending the faithful to resist wicked bishops on the most moderate side of things, which you'll find St. Vincent of suggesting. While on the more extreme sides of things, some of the saints suggested that bishops as wicked as some of the ones we deal with in the modern day may not even hold offices at this point. And my point in telling you that is this. One, it's not to suggest that Bishop Olson doesn't actually have an office, but two, This whole issue is not so cut and dry that people want to make this out to be. So let's dive into the story. If you've been following the story, you know the basics of it. Over the course of the summer, the mother superior of the Carmelites in Arlington, Texas, was accused of having admitted to violating her vows of purity with a priest. The bishop attempted to remove her from her position in the convent, despite the feelings of the nuns themselves, who wanted no part of it. There were also accusations of the nuns using uh, what we'll call substances of a controlled nature and related paraphernalia being seen on site in their convent by former employees or visitors. It's well known that the mother, that the mother superior is ill and might be under medication. The accusations themselves, though, sound generally outrageous. This is all made public by Bishop Olson himself in a statement earlier in the summer, and that was itself strange. And since then, the nuns' dirty laundry and allegations against them have been made public. Over the weekend the nuns released a formal statement rejecting the authority of the bishop and declaring that they're going they're getting support from Archbishop Vigano. Though they didn't declare it so formally, they just happened to link to his statement at the bottom of theirs. Anyway, here's their statement in full. I will follow it with the response from the bishop. Statement by the Reverend Mother Prioress and Chapter of the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity of the Discalced Carmelite Nuns in Arlington, Texas, dated 18th of August 2023. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In recent months, our monastery in general and our mother prioress in particular have been subjected to unprecedented interference, intimidation, aggression, private and public humiliation, and spiritual manipulation as the direct result of the attitudes and ambitions of the current bishop of Fort Worth in respect of our reverend mother prioress, ourselves, and of our property. We have been caught off guard. Since our foundation, our relations with our bishop have always been cordial and filial each bishop has always had our loving trust. We never imagined that our relations with the bishop could be any different. But our filial trust has been abused by the personal and public behaviors of a man who, in the pursuit of his unspecified personal ends, does not fear to shout at nuns or to humiliate them in private and in public when they protest that their rights have been ignored, who does not hesitate to violate their sacred enclosure through his officials, and whose actions in respect of personal property and privacy are more than seriously questionable. In respect to the calumnies that have been published, the chapter takes this opportunity to express its complete confidence in the personal and moral integrity of its mother prioress and in her leadership. We are Carmelite nuns. Prayer and penance are the substance of our life, not politics and power plays. We cannot afford to invest our spiritual or material resources in vain disputes with authorities whose agendas are utterly foreign to ours and whose means to influence the outcomes of our appeals are beyond anything we can match. Our duty before God is to ensure that this carmel is a tranquil house of prayer in which every nun and novice can live her vocation in peace and integrity for the salvation of her soul to the glory of Almighty God and for the edification of his people. Therefore, because the salvation of our souls is our first duty before Almighty God, in order to protect the integrity of our monastic life and vocation from the grave dangers that the continued abuse to which we are being subjected threaten, we hereby state that in conscience we no longer recognize the authority of and can have no further relations with the current bishop of Fort Worth or his officials, and forbid him or any of his officials or representatives to enter our monastery property, or to have any contact or relations with the monastery or any of its nuns or novices. No one who does these things, as has the current bishop of Fort Worth, has any right to our cooperation or obedience." For our own spiritual and psychological safety and injustice, we must remain independent of this bishop until such time as he repents of what he's done to which he has subjected us, apologizes in person to our community for it, and accepts to make public reparation. Should that day never arrive, we hope and pray that in due course his successor will be a God-given instrument of that reparation and healing, which injustice is now due. In these circumstances, we must state clearly that we remain utterly faithful to the doctrine of the Catholic Church and to affirm that the Pope and the Bishop of Fort Worth, whomever they are today or whomever they may be in the future, shall always be prayed for in this monastery, most especially in the canon of the Mass. We can no doubt expect much rhetoric to the contrary, maybe even sanctions, but we are breaking communion with no one. We are simply stating... That that which to which we have been subjected is so gravely unjust and intolerably destructive of the vocation to which we are vowed before Almighty God, that in conscience those things cannot be cooperated with. This is no rejection of any article of the Catholic faith or morals. Rather, it is a statement that in these particular peculiar circumstances, in conscience before Almighty God, we cannot permit this diocesan bishop to continue his abusive behavior towards us any longer. In addition, the chapter is resolved henceforth, the better to render unto Almighty God the glory that is his due, and in order more profoundly to enter into the contemplation of his sacred mysteries, to celebrate the sacred liturgy, the holy sacrifice of the mass, the divine office, the sacraments, sacramentals, and other rites, according to the older forms of the Roman rite, according to the traditional Discalced Carmelite usages. We must be clear that this decision is not a reaction to the errors that has been visited upon us even though we expect that will occasion even more from the same source rather it is a positive recognition that has developed in our community over time that what earlier generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us too and it cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful it behooves all of us to preserve the riches which have developed in the church's faith and prayer and to give them their proper place See Benedict, the 16th to 7th of July, 2007 statement, in some more pontificum. We believe this to be particularly true of those whose vocation is the contemplative life, ourselves included, and believe this to be something good that we can and should do for the church in our time. Our monastery chapel is and shall remain open to all who, in good faith, who wish to pray there or participate in the liturgical rites we celebrate, regardless of any protestations that those who have harmed us may wish to make in this respect. We rely utterly on the providence of Almighty God, who is our sole judge and our consolation in this time of trial, to send us good priests to assure our liturgical and sacramental life and through the generosity of his faithful people, to send the material alms we need to continue in fidelity to our vocation in these truly extraordinary circumstances, and to form those young women who come to us in our beautiful and traditional life of prayer and sacrifice before the Lord. We apologize to any of our family and friends who may be distressed by recent events or by this statement. We have no wish to cause distress or scandal. The fact of the matter is that if we are to be faithful to our vocation, if we are to live, we have no other choice. We beg your understanding and your prayers, and assure you all, even those who disagree with us, of our own. May the Carmelite saints and martyrs intercede for us all. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. So the nuns here are clearly accusing Bishop Olson of having nefarious intentions including seeking their property and other accusations we've seen leveled at other bishops after monasteries and convents were closed under suspicious circumstances, and they say that he has just done nasty things to them. Here is Bishop Olson's statement of response. It's actually pretty measured, and it's relatively short. Statement by Bishop Michael F. Olson regarding the Arlington Carmel, dated August 19, 2023. Since the late 1950s, the nuns of the Carmelite Monastery have sustained so many of us in our times of doubt, sickness, and grief with their prayers and devotion to their Carmelite vocations to pray in communion with the Church. Their example of prayerful fidelity has for many years strengthened the mission of Christ's Holy Catholic Church in North Texas. I have personally relied on their prayers and have enjoyed a spiritual friendship with so many of the nuns. On August 18, 2023, Mother Teresa Agnes issued a public statement on the website of the Arlington Carmel, by which she publicly rejected my authority as diocesan bishop and pontifical commissary. This has hurt me as a friend and as a bishop because of the deep wound this has cut in our unity as the Dio- Diocese of Fort Worth. Thus it is with deep sorrow that I must inform the faithful of the Diocese of Fort Worth that Mother Teresa Agnes thereby may have incurred upon herself la te sententia, meaning, by her own schismatic actions, excommunication. The other nuns, depending on their complicity in Mother Teresa Agnes's publicly scandalous and schismatic actions, could possibly have incurred the same latte sententia excommunication. The Arlington Carmel remains closed to public access until such time as the Arlington Carmel publicly disavows itself of the scandalous and schismatic actions of Mother Teresa Agnes. I stand ready to assist Mother Teresa Agnes on her path of reconciliation and healing. Please join me in praying for the, the nuns and the restoration of order and stability to our beloved Arlington Carmel. May St. Teresa of Jesus intercede on their and our behalf. Signed, Michael F. Olson, Bishop of Fort Worth, Pontifical Commissary of the Arlington Carmel. So what do you think of Bishop Olson's statement? Do you think she has incurred automatic excommunication? Is this just another act of, by the modernists designed to destroy religious life in the name of profit and making up for budget shortfalls in Rome? I'm curious what you think about this, Um, and do you share my question here? He says that she may have incurred automatic excommunication, but he never says how. He never gives context, he never says why she may have done it, other than, of course, rejecting his authority. Well, because in her her statement, of course, she makes the statement that they are fully in communion with Rome, that they still offer prayers for the bishop, even the one they're in dispute with, as well as for Francis in the canon of the mass that they are just dedicated to their traditional liturgy and traditional charisms. But because they rejected his authority, is that excommunication? He offers no canonical citation for that, which is unfortunate because these kind of statements should be so carefully crafted and so grounded in canon law that there is no wiggle room, there is no space for people to hem and haw about this. That if canon law was violated, it should be enumerated. A short one paragraph statement for me doesn't do the job. But maybe you're not as much of a stickler for this. And again, as I've said before, I am generally biased towards nuns and all of this because after you've seen so many times, over and over and over again, women religious, and men religious too, from the most strident traditionalists to the most strident modernists, have their property seized under really suspicious circumstances from Rome, and then turned around and sold to make strip malls and apartment buildings and things out of, After you see that enough times, it becomes very, by default, hard to trust the motives of a bishop, especially when they don't make their case very well. That's my take. I'm curious what you think about this, though. So let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, so to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.